The sacred writings of the Baha'i Faith teach that music is a ladder for the soul. I'm Jack Gordon, host of Interfaith-ish, and on this ongoing series of conversations that I'm calling Soul Ladder Music, I invite you to climb with me as we hear songs and stories from a diverse array of musicians who connect sound and spirit. DC native Kristiles Bacon is a Grammy-nominated multi-instrumentalist who performs what he calls progressive hip-hop. If you've been in Kristiles' presence, you've no doubt been captivated not just by his music, but by the way he makes music, incorporating his whole body in the process, creating complex sounds through clever raps and intricate beatboxing, beating out rhythms on his torso and legs with his hands and spoons, dancing to the beat as he strums his acoustic guitar. Add to that Kristiles' signature fashion sense, featuring hats, suits, and custom ties, and it's obvious that this is a consummate artist. But on top of his presentation, Kristiles is a cultural ambassador, traveling the world collaborating with musicians from all genres. This drive to reinforce unity through music is one of the things I've always appreciated most about Kristiles. What I didn't know was the depth to the spiritual dimension of his work and interests. I hope you enjoy this conversation full of surprises and spirit with Kristiles Bacon. Let's break it down. I could walk down the street and always have a drum with me. I play it at the shows and they say it sounds pretty. But some strange reason not everybody can see it. I play it while I'm singing and I clean it while I'm breathing. Got a sound like, and a sound like. If they put them both together, then it's... It took a lot of practice and it started as a hobby. And now I got 20 different drums in my body. It's the beatbox. I see you as as somebody who's out there in the community living these principles, you know, like like deeds, not words. You know what I mean? In terms of the the way that you really bring people together and build unity and create create those cross cultural collaborations and everything. So, man, I respect so that a lot. Yeah. Now, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it, man. This, you know, it's it's cool to be able to to do to do music as a job, yeah. <laughs> like, and to right. um, and and to try to like connect people you know i mean i like i like doing it. it it gives me joy so you know yeah i just feel really grateful yeah i'm like thank you god that I could <laughs> do this <laughs> well let's get into it i would i really want to start by really going back a little bit and and just you know for people who don't know about you don't know your story and stuff did you always have this gift and confidence to perform well my mom she used to dj and so she okay. she would play a lot of records, a lot of music, and she's of the hip hop generation too. So she'll play a lot of early hip hop. That's her right. that's her jam. And and just like contemporary stuff, hip hop is as well, R and B and go go music and stuff of my grandma's generation. But I really took a liking to um to rap, but mm-hmm. but also music as a as a whole, you know? Mm-hmm. And um and so I started I started to to write rhymes when I was and I'll say like elementary school, I started messing around with it. But then middle school is when I actually got the nerve. Well, I was, I was freestyling all the time in the cafeteria with my friends. But then I got uh-huh. the nerve to like really say, OK, I'm going to perform in front of um, the entire school for the for the talent show that they have. Oh, OK. And ever since then, I've been like writing rhymes and and um and composing music and stuff, you know, yeah. 
And so before you had that chance to perform in front of your school, did your family encourage that, you know, at family gatherings? Did you have teachers that really said, hey, you're pretty good at this, you know, keep it going? Well, my mom really, my mom really encouraged me for sure. And she, she was all about, yeah, just being supportive. Cause my mom always wanted to be a lyricist, but my, my grandma didn't really support it like that. You know what I'm saying? She was like, what? Like, and then also my mom is like such a different type of person. Like she's, she's also, she has like a, a visible like disability cause okay. she has paralysis on the left side. Okay. And, um, cause like a car accident, she was like hit by a car like when she was like six or something like that. And so my mom was always you know, just in this world presenting as a, as a disabled person. Right. Mm. So in some ways, I, I think she was, um, they were trying to shelter her to protect her. Mm. My mom always wanted to be independent and do for herself. Wow. And she didn't see herself as being limited because it's just a physical limitation, not a mental one. You right. Right. But a lot of people, people see a physical limitation and think it's also a mental limitation too. Mm. And that's an interesting wrinkle to your to your origin story, you know, to have that to have that be, you know, in 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 the background there. So, but it yeah, sounds so, like she 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 had music around the house all the time and, and, yeah, yeah, and was yeah. playing as in her world as a DJ. Yeah, yeah. So she so she really encouraged me when I started writing lyrics, you know what I'm saying? Cuz she wanted to do that and she's like, "Wow, what right. a, what a surprise that it's my son that wants to do this." And, um, and so she oh, like really it's probably coming from the womb, right? Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. Yo, it's so, it's so crazy how some of those things like just pass on without you even knowing. And so then I started to do that. And then over time, I started to find a purpose to, um, to, to like performing, to writing songs and creating music other than just like, I love to perform. It's just like, wow, I could, I could educate people by, by right. just doing songs or, or I could use it as an opportunity to bring together different people from different um, mm. backgrounds to experience it, to experience the things that that um, they might not be privy to. And man, as an artist, you just meet all types of like people, and you and you start learning certain truths about about the world, about humans, about reality. You know, um, the 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 whole truth around us, like, oh, yo, we just all humans, like, we got different like yeah. little flavors and stuff like that, but we all we all united by the same like needs, wants, desires, you know, what I'm saying issues and stuff like that, and um and and so I just want to bring people together to to experience those things like I've experienced it. Now that I'm children album gangsta, I be rocking in these schools. Workshopping, crushing tater tots in these schools. Seesaw and posters on the walls of the schools. The homeroom announcing they are my DJ clues. Now Banjo the beatbox was killing it. Exum Kids Station was feeling it. Kids telling me I'm the realest in the streets in Sesame. So this is brought to you by the letter G and the number one. But we keep it 100. For families on road trips to bump a little something. Got their kids in the strollers. Their hands on these but so cause mom got the staring while my dad's getting soaked up coming to the shows cause they know we be cutting out kids giving me they silly bands and they juice cups families hold a brother down like an anchor a youngin cannot tell me i ain't children i was gangster were those themes of, of really bringing community together and building unity you know with the people uh, around you was that was that informed by any sort of um spiritual tradition that you had in your household my family's straight up Christian, like, you know, predominantly uh -huh. black. They're from the South. And so 
My mom would go to church every now and then. As kids, we did not want to go. We were just like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was, a, it's a, it was a lot. It's a lot, right? And, um, and so we wasn't really into it. So my mom didn't really do it like that. But then she would always, on Sundays, like listen to like these, these gospel tapes, these sermon mm. tapes, which I would mm. then like sometimes record over to make beats. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Put a little, little <laughs> toilet tissue into the, the top part of a cassette tape to record it. Hey, <laughs> you know, to record over there. You know? <laughs> right, 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 and right. So, <laughs> and so, yeah, so we always had that around us. I didn't really like, it's so interesting because that stuff I didn't really get as, as a Christian growing up. I really didn't like, I didn't really consider myself a Christian until like, maybe like four years ago. Oh, you know? okay. I just okay. grew up being, I, I was just like, I just had a really spiritual thing. It's it just like, I was just trying to search and discover for myself right. what was popping, what had power and what didn't have power. People be like, oh yeah, these crystals are on and popping. For real? Let's find out. <laughs> I don't know. Let's find out. Let's, let's read, let's research, let's get these joints, let's do experiments. It's like kind of like a scientific type of thing, right? Right, 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 right. I mean, I mean, like people always like separate spirituality and religion from science when, but i think like they're they're together you know what i'm saying i think i think that i think that with science we we're seeking to explain that which is god's creation you know what i'm saying like exactly. it's, it's like this it's the same stuff to me we're just trying to make sense of it like oh let me figure it out it's just like transcribing like a a john coltrane solo Mm. It's just like, oh man, like my man killing it, and this is crazy. How does he make it possible? Okay, cool. He does this, and then he plays this mode. Then he, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like we just try to figure yeah, an it, almost impossible task. <laughs> yeah, but people want to, yeah, but then people want to just separate it, right? And then yeah. when you get to like the quantum, the the quantum like physics stuff of it, like quantum entanglement and stuff, like you know, you take two particles and you separate them. You put one in DC, you put one in Japan, and you do something mm. to the one in dc and then instantaneously it happens to the one in japan it's like we we can't really explain why that happens but it happens because it's like well, beyond us you and, know what I'm saying? and it's it's interesting for you to use that example because obviously so much of your music is about you know creating those vibrations in different places you know as far yeah. away as dc and and japan and yeah. i and i i see you you know out in the community you're like the living embodiment of your music, really. You are that like made of music, you know, walking through the streets and creating music that just I don't know, it just feels it feels like it's it's informed by the experience that you have, what you're coming from, because you are not just a multi-instrumentalist rapping and playing guitar and 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 percussion, but your your body is is your instrument your body is that instrument so what's that experience for you like just like being you know always having your music a musical instrument with you at all times first of all thank you so much for your kind words yo and like it's it's always really cool to be able to just create music out of nowhere you know what i'm mm. saying like um because you know i play guitar and some percussion too but but it's cool to be able to just like out of nowhere be able to do something percussively like like what beatboxing that that sounds like full and also to be anywhere in the world and then have some type of means of like creating something that sounds like pleasing to the ear with anybody that does any genre of music. The thing is, as long as it has time, as long as the music is bound by time, <laughs> I can always participate in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. 
Like, cause wow. music, all music pretty much is connected through time. Time is like the canvas that we paint um notes that we paint rhythms on top of you know what i'm saying so that's deep that's great i love i love the way that you put that together that's great now i appreciate you and, the, and, and this it's really it, it gives me a lot of confidence when thinking about um when thinking about that because essentially we can make anything work you know what I'm saying? we can make anything work musically um bringing different styles together you know it's winter time without the snow in December. The years grew. Young is locking themselves inside and it's due to severe flu. I check in with my ex and she putting together clues. While taking two steps, feels like walking the avenue. I was chatting with my mother and the same thing is going down. She's struggling to breathe, man. This thing is taking our town. We charging up a chair with plans are rolling there. Prayers of God's grace in the place where urgent care. The waiting room's packed and short staff trying to keep track. Everybody's coughing in the air, I'm trying to keep back. Five hours waiting in the x-ray later. Me and my mama say she breathing through ventilators But she pulled through Then my sister came through Scared that mom would die My sister got sick too January 25th Everybody's hella sick And they say that patient zero's in the other Washington nah. Quarantine, nobody next to me I get my true facts from the CDC Scientists are coming like ESP. Talk about some of your experience During the pandemic um, For your family For you as an individual uh, you, you released a song called Quarantined And you know, giving voice to some of the things that you were seeing and experiencing. So what was it that you were going through, particularly somebody who uses your voice, you know, as your instrument? And this was a virus that affects the breath and lungs. So how was yeah. that for, for you? Got the at-risk instrument. So I'll go to 2019 to go into 2020 with the pandemic for a very specific reason, because it's the this is a, a interfaith conversation, right? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. Around, around 2019, 2019, that's that was um we call it the Jesus year, you know what I'm saying? Because okay. that was the year that that was the year that you know reportedly that that Jesus died on the cross and stuff. You right? So like in my community, like especially a whole rack of black folks, they're like, "Oh, you 33, young? It's the Jesus year." Okay, okay, you know. <laughs> and me, me, you know, what I'm saying I'm just a spiritual guy, you know. what I'm saying I'm just like you know, hey, whatever. But I was like, dang, okay, so this is supposed to be a really a really pivotal year. Mm. I'm like, man, so I'm going to do 33 to commemorate this pivotal year. I was like, dang, well, if it's a Jesus year, what did Jesus do? <laughs> and I was like, okay, I knew that this cross thing and, and all that, but I didn't really know. So mm. what I decided to do is just like read the whole book to find out what happened. You know what I'm saying? So I started from Genesis and, and stuff and basically completed that, the Old Testament, aka the Tanakh, and then, uh -huh. I, and then New Testament and so I didn't know that Jesus didn't come into the very end. I was just like, oh, okay. There were like, there were like a lot of like fakes, right? There was like a like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, the ending of the, you know, that you kind of know the ending of the story. And then when, when something the happens. You said that you didn't know he came in until the end. You know, because think about it. Like, think about if you come into like Christianity in a pop way, like in a, just a popular culture way, right, you they, might not even know about the sequence of events like that. Yeah, you thought he was in, you know, episode one in the pilot. You know, always there. <laughs> and then, you know, some theologians, they think that they, they also say that he was always there and they, they refer to that as a Christophany, you know what I'm saying? So I just went into it like a nerd. I'm just nerding out, man. I'm like, hey, you uh -huh. got power? Let's find out. You know, let's see what happened. You know, right. like it's a Jesus shit. Let's find what Jesus did. So I went through <laughs> the whole thing, bro. And then uh, <laughs> and I thought he was coming out in many cases. Like uh, it's like, hey, uh, Angel visits like, hey, you about to have a kid. He about to be a Nazarene. You can't drink. No drink. He drank. 
you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, okay, that's Jesus. Like, no, that's the book of Judges. This right here is my man. <laughs> this is Samson. Oh, okay, my bad. Because he has like some of the same things, like, right? Uh-huh. But totally different story though. But but the intro there's some is parallels. Kind of this, there's yeah, some, there, there's some, there's some echoes lot, of things. Lots mm-hmm. of echoes in there. Yeah, yeah. On the on the intro of these characters, right? And then and then um and then John the Baptist is the same way. And um, and so then I found out about that joint. And then during that process, I was like, oh man, I dig this though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I see like some ways that I that I felt about Christians growing up, like Christians are hella judgmental. Like what mm. I thought from my experience, I thought Christians was so judgmental. And I ain't like being around youngins like that because they was always trying to chin check me about stuff or chin check people about stuff. And then I was like, wow, well, that was kind of like a misrepresentation. You know what I'm saying? I felt like people were overall misrepresenting the faith, just like how people like will ris- misrepresent um, um, Judaism, how people will misrepresent Islam totally to a point sure. where they got Bama snaking that if you were Islam, you just super violent. It's like, whoa, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? When in reality, in all the Abrahamic faiths, there's violence in all of our books. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? True, true. Because there's a period, you know what I'm saying, where things happen and then there's a period of enlightenment. And so I took on it for myself. And so then I was in practice. Then then I just kept on doing it. I, I was like, oh, well, let me just read it again and do different translations of it. And I was like, OK, well, what was the like what was like the Jewish interpretation of, of the Old Testament? Mm. And so I read that version and the annotations and like, you know, like like just all the like little joint joints. You know what I'm saying? Start reading some Rebbe, uh, some Rabbi this, Akiva type of stuff or whatever. You know, this what is saying? all ahead of the pandemic. This is this ahead is of all, him. This is in 2019. Yeah. So this this is what I was. So so this just sets it yeah. up like where I was yeah. at, right? So yeah, then yeah, yeah. so then by 2020, I done already like gone through the Bible like at least twice. Wow. At least okay. twice with with different like different like versions of it, uh-huh. and then I go into 2020. And I'm just like, yo, I just got a feeling like, yo, this year is going to be like something special. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot mm. of us um, thought. And mm. it's like, wow, like, you know, I travel more in, in 2019 than I did in my entire life, like nationally and internationally doing music. So 2020 is going to be crazy. And then you the shutdown. <laughs> and every right. single gig on your calendar is canceled. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like Marvel. Thanos snapped his finger twice. 50, one time, 50% right, of the right, gigs right. from the from the calendar disappeared. <laughs> then he snapped the other hand. Then oh, all no. the other gigs disappeared. So then that was crazy. But I felt like my mom raising us like in a in a really in a really like hood environment, like really low, like really low income kind of prepared me to to be able to make the the best out of any situation like we spent time living in a homeless shelter but mm. we made the best of the situation you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um and we and we made community there you know what i'm saying have, and have fun in the midst right. of all that and right. so so i was like all right look this is how we're gonna do it i'm gonna live like a retiree <laughs> you know what i'm saying with the, with these gigs that happened on in 2019 uh-huh. and then um but then i also had a lot of faith in in me you know what i'm saying about about what's going to happen in God's provision and stuff like that. And I was like, man, he's been supporting me since 2008 when I first became a full-time musician. Mm. And so, you know what I'm saying? The gigs were just coming in continuously um, that whole time. And so if that's happened before, like, I can't be, like, scared that that guy won't do it again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so basically what happened like in 2019. Joseph, Joseph predicting exactly, the Exactly. Exactly. Egypt. That's how I thought about it. I was like, yo, mm. Chris, there's going to be a famine in the land. 
there it's you gonna go. last for you know what I'm saying? And so so that happened to me. So that's how I was looking at it, bro. And like, and then the rest of, of the pandemic during the lockdown period was like manna, bro. Like, like, mm. like, you know, say it was like when you was when you was just you out in the wilderness and and then you know saying and you wake up and then there's the dew around the tent, like the manna that they collected, and you know mm. what I'm saying you don't take you don't take more than um than you need, you know what I'm saying. Cause in the Bible mm. they took more, and then it was rotten the next day. You yeah, know what I'm saying? yeah. And it's a, made it's them a good lesson that. in that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, they was like, "Oh, Chris, you should take advantage of this and that." It's like, no, but I don't need it right now. Like, Chris, snatch up all the money you can. You know, just because it's available to you. I'm like, but if I don't need it, these are resources that can go to other people. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. hashtag, you know, thirst is the worst. You know, what I'm saying, don't be thirsty out here. You know, what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but it takes it takes a it takes a, a different mind state not to not to snatch up stuff. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying, and I think if you don't have faith in, in being in, in in having a provider like that, you you just might not leave certain things on the table. Collaboration seems like a key part of what you do, uh, really, in all aspects of your art and how you make music in particular. You know, every time I turn around, I feel like I see you working with another musician in another space. I think it's a beautiful thing. How did your collaborations flourish during the pandemic? So, yeah, the, the collaborations, they they went well during the pandemic. In 2019, I was trying to like, I was trying to start my Washington Sound Museum concert series program up mm. where I just like... Right. I had my whole like orchestral ensemble and I work with a whole ensemble from another country and in, in different musical tradition and do these big concerts and stuff like that. Lights and all that stuff. I wanted to do that and I wanted to do it at the Kennedy Center. Like I was looking at the mm. reach and I was like, oh, wow. man, this is going to be perfect. Like that was like my ideal, like, you know, what I'm saying and then the pandemic hit. Right. Right. But right before the pandemic hit, because I couldn't have it the way I wanted to have it. Um, I would I would have loved to have it um, with the collaborations and the concert series. This other idea hit me to do videos, to do like these these collaborative videos. So I I got together a group of musicians that I wanted to like work with and have worked with before, and we met up in the um in the studio right beside from you know saying the radio station you know yeah like yeah Tonal Park shout out to Tonal Park yeah exactly. For sure. I love them. Yeah, yeah. So like, so we up in Tonal Park, right? And I got like about like, I don't know, like eight or so like musicians that do different style. Like I'm talking about mm. classical music, Trinidadian, like, like um steel pan and like Chinese hammer dosimer and like and like African American tap dance and all that, all in the studio together breaking bread collaborate like just talking and stuff yeah, like that you yeah. know politicking and then one after one i call that person in and then we'll do a video together and then we'll we'll do a piece together do a couple of takes and then everybody's chilling then the next person come in we'll do another joint um and so it's cool because like all all my friends all these great collaborators and stuff that do like traditional music from different countries all get to meet each other and, and build community yep, yep. 
And so I locked out that video. And so that became the beat, the beatbox remix series, um, mm. like an extension of this Washington Sound Museum concert series. And so um, so that set me up to to go right into the pandemic. I had those videos. So then I started releasing them. Then I wanted to keep it going during that time. So what I what I messed around and did was um, um, just just sent in a request to like people to do stuff. And they would just like record a video playing something. And then I would just record my end. You know how people be doing on social media, they just like right, play over right. something. So we could do the same thing, but with a multicultural like uh um like like perspective, you mm-hmm. know, uh like a cross-cultural collaboration perspective type of thing. And so we started doing that. So then that was cool because it opened me up to collaborate with people like that that um aren't just in my area. So I wasn't bound by geography in this case. It's just like, oh, I can hit up this person all the way in this country or whatever and see if they could do something. They send it to me, then I do a whole thing and start up a Patreon for it as well. And um, and so, yeah, so that's what started what started happening um, around that time during the pandemic. So I don't know, it could have been like a, it could have been like a major L, like, because I didn't, I wasn't able to do the concert, how I envisioned yeah. it and having it in person and having it be housed in the Kennedy Center and stuff like that. But, you know, then the ideas hit, you know. Seeing the range of musicians that you collaborate with and the way that you've been able to, you know, add this other dimension to their music and have them bring another dimension to yours. Like that, that, um, the, the tap video where you you've got the tap dancer going and and you're you know playing spoons or something like that on yeah. your leg and 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 do, using your body as percussion she's using her feet and it just it's beautiful it's such a i mean those are those are very two, two very close traditions but i think something even as as different parts of the body uh is is a beautiful expression of it just as much as then going all the way to somebody who's a you know a concert pianist and having that you know blend in with with what you do um with beatboxing so man that's cool so I can't pass through this conversation without uh, shouting out Why Told, uh, Will, who's, who's our immediate neighbor. Really? Up here in Tacoma Park. Oh, that's a great guy right there. Why Told is like, is like, like so nice, so diplomatic. He's like a great, he's like a great musical partner to have and just like a, a great, a great human being to do life with, like straight yeah. up. And, so and I, cool. I loved I loved then going and back and checking out the performances that you all did together at what like Echo Stage and and checking out the whole album. Oh my goodness! Like wow, man, through that collaboration right there, like why Toad and I like we just we just got into different. We were just able to get into different places, like like through that collaboration of just like randomly because we met because I needed a I needed a cellist in in this ensemble when I was doing this project. And um and she recommended 
that I did I connect with Watto. Watto came through play regular cello, but then I heard about the six string cello and his composition work with Live Lupin, and mm. was like, oh, this is dope, man. Like we got to do some stuff together. And I always wanted to remix this um this um the the Bach Prelude um the Prelude to the Cello Suite. And uh, cause I seen Yo Yo Ma play that during a long time ago, right? And and I always like loved that piece on cello. Um and so Wato had already been working on that joint. And so he uh, so he played it for me. And I was like, oh, this is better than what I was thinking of. And then <laughs> I'm I'm beatboxing over that joint. And then we just created this thing together. And through that, we created a whole program called Remixing the Classics, where we like remix classical music through that collaboration and us working together. Um National Symphony Orchestra contacted us and wanted us to do some programming with them at Echo Stage. So we did a live performance with the whole like orchestra um, in Echo Stage, a nightclub with the big LCD screens and the the you know what I'm saying in mm. the background and stuff, crazy stuff. It's a, it's a big EDM vi- venue, and from there, from there, like the orchestral work kept expanding, and we we performed with quite a few orchestras and stuff, like um, Baltimore Symphony Orchestra, Princeton Symphony Orchestra, and stuff. And then, um, and yeah, I, I think if, if it wasn't for us collaborating, working together, I would never had the opportunity to um, to freaking do a duet with Yo-Yo Ma like about um, like four months ago. You know what I'm saying? That's so, so cool. Yeah, it's, it's what, crazy. What, t- tell me about that experience. What, where were you guys and what did you perform together? So, so I was at, um, I was in Wheeling, West Virginia, Wheeling. Cause I got the, I got the wheeling wheeling West Virginia, <laughs> but you know wheeling wheeling West Virginia. It's gonna sound like W I L L. Wheeling, put the put the D C on it. Yeah, cause I can't help it, man. So wheeling West Virginia. <laughs> wheeling. Uh-huh. I was there um, debuting another collaborative piece. Um, it's a concerto for beatbox and rhyme, but with orchestra beatbox rhyme and orchestra. And so I collaborated with a um, orchestral composer, Elvin Meyer, um, to to navigate all the intricacies of of writing a concerto for orchestra, right? And um and so we were debuting, we were set to debut that uh, with with the orchestra there, and um and Yo Yo Ma happened to be playing. Well, he happened to have played there like many years ago. I think when it was like 15 or something like that and wanted mm. to go back and do something there because he was working, I guess he was working on something in the area. And, um, and then found out about the program and what we, what we was doing on that day with this concerto. I was like, oh, I want to be on that joint. So he hopped on the bill for that, did a John Williams, um, did a John Williams concerto for cello and orchestra that um, John Williams wrote for him. And John Amazing. Williams is like the composer for Jaws, Star Wars, Star Wars yeah. like all the great American film scores and stuff. And um, Indiana Jones. And so like, so then there was this whole idea about like what to do for like an encore piece. Now the 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 conductor of that orchestra and and the music and the music director of the orchestra. He had he had the idea of having me come in to do a concerto with the orchestra because of the beatbox remix videos, which which happened because I couldn't have things the way I want and put my concert series mm. in the Kennedy Center. And then the pandemic happened. But it was because right. of that that they saw this video that happened as a pivot and wanted this to happen. And um and so that that all happened. And then so the music director was like, yo, you know what you need to do? 
do something with Chris Dow's bacon. And then so <laughs> and then so he had he had kind of like knew about knew about me a little bit before and yeah. um and was like and then you know my man and then my man put me on and stuff and he was just like yo let's do that he like from what he told me he, he got like, didn't even have to take any flesh he was like yeah let's do that right and then so we did um so we did this box jig and um that of course he has like memorized you know mm-hmm. and 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 did that joint yo and laced it it's so cool that was like one of the things on my checklist you know what i'm saying and and i and i think that working with my homeboy why i told all these years prepared me to like to know how to even work with a cellist in a certain way, because because mm. working with Wato intimately, like with with cello and beatbox, I just know like what to look out for. I know how to like look at the hands and the bow, and find out what is about to be played like rhythmically, just by like because if you're playing a bowed instrument, you kind of telegraph your moves. It's like it's like a punch, you know. You got to cock back the arm, and so I'm like, oh, he about to throw the left. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, look at this. He's about he's about to play a really long passage because look how far his bow is going back. Mm. So, okay, wow. I'm about to... You know what I'm saying? And just, like, be really attentive. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know, thank you, Wato. Thank you, what a, John Devlin. Thank you, Yoma. Thank you, Evan Meyer. What a cool experience. I mean, talk about from crisis to victory, you know, to go yeah. from go through the pandemic and have that be one of the fruits that come out of it. And, you know, to to just again, I think it's that spirit of collaboration of of really being curious and 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 interested in in different forms of music, you know, the way that you are. I think it it creates such beauty and opportunity for other people then also to collaborate and enhance what they're doing um, with everything that you're bringing to it and, and to have them think about the work that they do in another way. And so I think it really is a, it's an act of service, what you're doing, you know, to be able to create these spaces and, and, and what a terrific vision of the world and the music that's in it. I, I resonate with it so much. I, I think it's beautiful. Man, it's such a good time, Joe. I really want to uh, ask you a, a little bit about some of the songs that you picked that you said inspire you and and lift your spirits. One of the tracks that you selected is from uh, Kanye's Sunday Service, uh, Lord You're Holy slash Ballin, the remix. Um, yeah. Let's get this first out of the way. How do you separate the encounter with an artist <laughs> versus the art in, in, in this particular case since Kanye has been the news lately? Yeah, bro, that's a, that's such a great question. And I've been thinking about that a lot recently, right? Because, you know, I think in American culture, in, in American society, we're, we're coming in a place where we are, like, becoming more intentional about things. And we are more, yeah, we're more aware of different things that's happening culturally. So, so because our awareness is heightened, 
a lot of us are really hypersensitive. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if 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 I if I tap the back of your hand, you probably won't say anything. But you, if you have like an open wound there, and I tap right. the back of your hand, it's gonna make you holler. Mm-hmm. And it just is so it just so happens that American society has a lot of open wounds. You know what I'm saying? Because of past uh, unreconciled history and and all of these things that we're dealing with to this day that has been swept under the rug for years. Things that have to do with like black people, people of color, immigrants women and how we treat women in society everything religions all these all these different things right we have a lot of wounds and so now we're we're addressing these things all at once right now as a result we're kind of i feel like sometimes we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right mm. or like by canceling people and so i can only speak for that christian part um because right. i identify as you know what i'm saying right and like and like from my reading and studying like I think a very Christian thing to do, what is taught to us in the red text in, in New Testament, what is taught to us is that we forgive. Youngin rode up on Jesus and was like, yo, Jesus, how many times shall I forgive my brother? Seven times? It's funny that he said seven, right? Because because you know what I'm saying? That's like an old school, like, Birishi, like, like Genesis reference, right? Seven mm-hmm. day, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. Shabbat. Special man. number. It's a special that. number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny they said seven. So it was like, it was almost like he was trying to get right with him. Yo, yo, Jesus, how many times should I forget my brother? Seven times. <laughs> and then Jesus like, nah, cuz seven times. Like he's like, what did we say? Seven he said times seven times seven. 70. He said seven mm-hmm. times 70, bro. And um, and so you could say, okay, that's a that's a that's a distinct number that I'm supposed to use when I think the purpose was and another interpretation is to lose lose track of how many times you you forgive. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now that doesn't mean that you should allow people to do wrong stuff. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. But I think that there should be grace. Yeah. Or another another thing. Um, what's another dope Jesus quote? He said he said, why um tell your brother like. Behold, there's a speck of wood in your eye without even observing that you have a plank of wood in your own eye. First remove the plank of wood from your eye, and then you could see clearly enough to remove the speck of wood from your brother's eye. So it is the person that judged that has the larger piece of wood in their eye. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so by by throwing out judgment, perhaps you could probably have like a little bit of empathy and you could understand the mindset and what this person is trying to say or accomplish. At the end of the day, I just think there should be more room for like redemption and grace. Um, and, 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 um, and, um, what's the word rehabilitation, you know, instead of cancellation. So, so when it comes to Kanye, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I consider myself a Kanye fan since back, since back his first album and, and without a doubt, he's dealing with mental health issues, you know, and, um, and you encounter these a lot with bipolar depression, you know? Yeah. And a lot of yeah. people don't want to acknowledge it because it doesn't look like a visible disability, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, he just mm-hmm. crazy. He acting crazy, right? Right. And it's like, yo, right. this is a disability, cuz you need medication for this. And um, so you you got you got that going on with him. Plus, like, yeah, his quotables was coming from a, a, a episode of this thing called Drink Chance where you're drinking for two hours and answering questions, right? <laughs> and so a lot of times with our internet culture, we are we are inundated with so much information that we don't yeah. actually listen to everything or the source material or we don't read the source material. We just take a bite because yeah. we ain't got time for everything else. And we let the other person tell us our opinion. 
So I'm like, hey, before we even weigh in, we should probably familiarize ourselves with all the facts first. And then boom. And so, and then there's some stuff that he say, like, I'm like, I don't agree with that, bro. Like, I see where you coming from, where you talking about like, hey, we should control our own voices, black people, and we should have our own means of distribution without having to jump through the hoops of other of other folks who are pretty much curating our culture. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to say that that's one group, ethnic group of people. That's actually a corporate thing. Yeah. And so that's yeah. why I think he went wrong with that one. I'm like, bro, it might be people that here that represent this group of people, but it's not just that group of people, bro. That's and He was throwing the baby out with the bathwater with that. It's like, bro, mm-hmm. this is corporate. This is a corporate thing. I wish you would have addressed it to corporate, you know yeah. what I'm saying, thing, because that's what's really happening. And, um, and I, that's why I think he was advocating for, but he's not really good at, like, taking his thoughts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He shoot from yeah. the hip. He shoots yeah. from the hip, bro, like... You know so, what I'm saying? So t- tell me about tell me about the song itself. Like when you hear this song, what does it what does it do for you? What does yeah, it what I, do you feel when you because I think that's the point, right? Is that I mean, this is you know, this is the flavor of the month right now. But if we if we look back, particularly in 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 pop music and, and pop culture, you know, at some point, if you look too deeply into the lives of the artists that inspire us, you're gonna get disappointed by something. But it doesn't take away it doesn't take away the beauty of the music that's been created there. So I'm curious for this particular song, what does this song do for you? What, what why why select this one? I, I hear you, bro. And you know, even 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 the great King David, you know what I'm saying? Got with a side piece. <laughs> he should never got wet. But when you look over the overall course of history, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a change. Um and root from growth. So with this song, I right, so going so going back to yay. I, that's just a big yay disclaimer, okay, y'all. Yeah, yeah. It's a long disclaimer, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm I sorry, but but it's it's I a really you. it's a really interesting thing no, it's, about it's, like society. Everything that you said, I think is it, it's it's good to you know be thinking you know thoughtfully and not as you're saying you know just jump into conclusions and stuff like that. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. the music coming back. And, to the and music. so I so for this music, right? It was really so. Here's what I think is really interesting with this song. Why I picked this song? One that joint got that joint grooves like a mud. Um, it, it's it's funky, it's soulful, and and the and the message and the, and the words are really cool, you know, and uplifting. But this is a remix. This is like mm. a remix of a song that already existed. Um, you'll find it under the title. The person that did the song is called Mustard, but he's the producer. The person that's rapping is a is a guy named Roddy Rich, and um, okay. the song is called Balling. You know what I'm saying? He just like I just put the forges on the Jeep. So he's talking about like I just put like um, I just put like these custom designed rims on my Jeep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like talk about like just just some like hood stuff and just coming up and you know I got money and now people are trying to be up on me because I'm balling, uh-huh. right? And so he took. Kind of, he took the 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 emotive properties of what was happening musically and put different lyrics on it. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like mm. put on the whole armor of the king so that we can stand and find against the enemy. I'm like, what? I'm like, yo. So <laughs> so basically, the younger is taking like scripture and basically you just took a proverb or something from the book of Psalms and just put this over top of this beat because oftentimes I feel like what um what like really popular rap and what popular r&b right now the music the music if you didn't speak english and you just listen to the music mm. 
the, the, the vibrations and everything, and you listen to the melody that was being sung, the chord and harmony underneath, I feel like it's saying something way different than what the people are putting lyrically over top of everything. I'm like, this is this music is saying something like really uplifting, but the lyrics are just like they're not congruent. Like, wow, yeah, they, they're not like this is this is how I feel as a musician, like like getting into it. So it's interesting to 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 see someone someone kind of felt the same way about that. Like they took yes. that and then they yes. put that thing over top of it, and this seems more complete. You know what I'm saying? As far as like the lyrics. And, and what the music is saying, actually being one and representing the same emotion and feeling versus like the original, you know what I'm saying? Mm. The music says something like, mm, like, you know, something deep, but the lyrics are something like very shallow, you know, this, the basically strip club culture music is, is like pretty much regular music now, right? On the airwaves. And, and I understand because it's really danceable music. Like the rhythms that people employ on, on this stuff, is they're really effective. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? And youngest be writing. Like, stuff is catchy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, um, and then the capitalism, the capitalism part, you like, like the money that is made off of this, I think makes it, makes it, um, makes it so enticing for programmers, for record labels and everything, because at the end of the day, they just trying to make this money. Right. And the industry right. has like really gone in an interesting way because, you know, they're not make they can't make money by selling CDs anymore. So they're going to mm -hmm. get stuff that's going to be ratchet. And if the ratchet stuff is going to, is making a lot of whatever, they're going to play that. And hopefully they can make money on these streams or from Spotify stocks and, and, and all of this, you know? So I think I think that's an interesting crossroads when it comes to music industry and capitalism. And then when it comes to the censorship, you know, we got freedom of speech out here. Right. And, and I don't have and I don't have all the answers on like censorship and stuff. But I think the best thing that we could probably do. And this is what my mentor did for me when I was in middle school. Um, he talked to me about the, the rapper Old Dirty Bastard. Right. And he was like, yo also known as ODB. He from the Wu-Tang Clan. He had right. this song that was really popular at the time on the radio. He was like, hey, hey, Chris, let me, let me, let me tell you. Let me ask you a question. You think he like this 24-7? Like, yeah, that's ODB, man. You know, he's a crazy dude. He was like, no, he cannot possibly be like this all the time. He can't be like this Thanksgiving, you know what I'm saying? Day, whatever. <laughs> like, so basically we had, and then that sparked a long conversation. He was like, Chris, I want mm. you to know the difference between reality mm. and entertainment. Right. And which that is, which such... is hard for people to to distinguish now because of all the, you know, you're just bombarded with it all the time from all the different. Yeah. And reality sources. and reality TV ain't even real. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's scripted mm -hmm. and like all that stuff, too. So so I think that's like a really important thing. Like, I don't know how this is going to pan out. I can't control the world, but I can control how I respond, how I react and respond to mm -hmm. the world. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That's the only thing. So I think like uh a really important thing that we could do um, while all this stuff is going on is try to equip our, our young and impressionable minds of the world. You know what I'm saying? That being like people in their early 20s too. Yeah. And whoever's impressionable, you could be 30. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We all impressionable like throughout yeah. the years, you know, it's whatever. Sure. But especially our young, our, our young and impressionable minds, we definitely have to equip them with the resources with the mentality, with the mindset to be able to navigate through all that they hear, because we cannot shelter them from the, from content. Mm. 
It's too easily and available. It's super accessible. We cannot shelter them from it. We just got to teach them how to perceive, how to, how to like to perceive it and process it and to know why we do things and why we probably shouldn't do things, you know? Yeah. Why do we sing? Why do we sing? When we lift our hands? When we lift our hands to Jesus. Oh, what do we really mean? What do we really mean? Someone may be wondering. Someone may oh, be wondering. When we sing our song. When we sing our song. At times we may. At times we may be crying. Uh, and nothing's even wrong. And nothing's this is the reason why I sing the chord. I sing the chord. I sing the chord. Tell me about Kirk Franklin. You selected some of his stuff. Oh, you picked a classic of his, uh, Why We Sing. Tell me about how uh, Kirk Franklin's uh, influence on you and the importance of his music. Yo, bro. So, like, when y'all reached out and y'all, y'all hit me with a prompt, right? Y'all hit me with a prompt about, like, 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 like music connected to spirituality. It's so interesting, right? Because, like, I don't know. I kind of, like, approach spirituality from a different place outside the music. I don't really put the spirituality in my music per se like you know and then when i listen to music it's not really from from that joint but i chose these two things because when it comes to this i think these two songs are dope and actually grew up and my mom would play these Mm. my mom laid these two joints right um and like it's sometimes it's hard for me to go to church sometimes because a church because a church might have a bomb pastor but then the music will be like, um, but I wouldn't be feeling the music. I'm like, this music ministry, y'all, y'all need to put some cayenne on this joint, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it is funny, right? Because it's like, bro, the purpose is to be with God and worship and be in community. Why are you worried about like what chord progression they use? Why are you worried about the beat? Like, it's you know, part of the experience. It's I know a part and, of the experience. Yeah. So this is my problem because I'm a musician. Yeah. And like musicians, we're kind of anal about things like like let's, you're an interior decorator. You're like, oh, my God, why would you put why would you put this type of why would you put an ottoman here? Like, that don't make any sense. Or like or like, you know, what I'm saying you're an electrician. You'd be like, yo, why when I put the switch down, the light turns on? Who did a crappy job? Why do you take the electrical outlets and you put them upside down? You know what I'm saying? That's how an electrician right. would be when they come into a house. I'm a right. musician <laughs> going into a place where there's music and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm finding myself being a little anal and it makes me feel like a bit like shallow inside of a house of worship. You know what I'm saying? But I just, this is just a funny thing to think about. <laughs> but like, so yeah, so, it, so sometimes that could be a bit, a bit tough with me to have a, 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 good, a good church I like to rock with because that music ministry don't be spiced up the way I like it. But I really like the flavor the flavoring of of like gospel music from this time because it's a mm. bit of old school and it's a bit of new school it's yeah. that old school yeah. stuff because kirk, kirk franklin's that crossover yes mm-hmm. he is man he's a bridge bro and i and you know i got i consider myself a fellow a fellow bridge and i consider myself a fellow bridge and bridge builder Definitely. 
and um so he's giving you that straight up choir from oh like you know what i'm saying you ain't got no electricity in your church you got a choir yeah you know what i'm saying you ain't got no organ you still got choir you know what i'm saying yeah so the choir stuff is is really good and then on top of that he's hitting you with some stuff that's coming out of r&b too he's he's hitting you with like some r&b flavors and stuff like that um especially like with the keys with what the keys are doing then he hit you with some slight jazzy stuff with like these like passing chords it's just funky you know what i'm saying and like hey like if, if we refer to the um if we refer to the book of leviticus right that's when god is like putting down all the laws like we know the mm-hmm. ten commandments usually on average that was on the stone tablet but it's actually like 300 plus of them like you know what I'm saying <laughs> the, the 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 what's it the, the misvotes or something like uh-huh. it's it's like it's like 300 of them joints they don't, they don't just stop at 10 and it has to do with everything from diet to like, you know, holidays and festivals and, you know, saying and how and, and what cleanliness looks like, you know? And so there was one particular part that always has me like lunched out, like, like, like just like just laughing, like when I read it. And it was the one part about how you give sacrifices and so okay. or, or like offerings. And so there's one part about the grain offering. So in the grain offering that you would do in the tabernacle out there in the wilderness, is um you you had the grain and then he said <laughs> and then God says in this joint but when you do the grain offering don't just give it plain like mix mix it with some oil and some, some spices <laughs> you know what I'm saying so even God said you hook hook that joint up for your boy like don't just give me like oh here you go plain joint it's like nah like hook that thing up because you know. Sauce. I know. Put mambo sauce on that joint, because at the end, because when you do think of it, at the end of the day, the Levites they they had to eat some of the stuff mm-hmm. too. Like you know, they would get that as their as their thing. You know what I'm saying? At least with the meat. Um, but like like hook it up. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, and I'm like, if you're gonna create like some some music, and you're gonna and you're gonna you're gonna dedicate that joint to God. You better hook it up. It's just like, yo, I love my wife. You love your wife? Yep. I'm going to create a, I'm going to write a song for for a birthday. Okay, for real? You going to do that? How you going to do that? I'm just going to be like, um, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> how she going to feel about that? You better hook it up for your boo. You feel me? Like, but, um, but, but hooking it up and with it's spice and flavorful, that is, that is, it, it varies person to person. Right. But me as a musician, I could be quite anal about that. So I like, so at the end of the day, sorry to be long winded, make a long story long. Like I like the flavor for this type of stuff. And and I love the choral music and I miss it in contemporary Christian music. I want the choral stuff. We've touched on so many topics on this and and I love all the different pathways and connections that you've made. The inspiration for this series, the title for this series, Soul Ladder Music, comes from this quote from the Baha'i Faith that says that God has made music as a ladder for our souls. And I wanted to just see how that how that image hits you of music being a ladder for your soul. 
and what what connections you make with that with that idea. Hmm. The quickest connection is connected to my mom as a DJ. She would use music as a medicine cabinet. If she's feeling in a certain mood, she would use certain, you know, saying tracks, certain songs to supplement that mood. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes right. she just like she just want to feel it. She just want to feel like those 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 like, you know, saying the sadness or whatever. She'll play that song. I like, yeah, I know mom is like, I know she's feeling this way right now because I can mm. tell by what she's playing right now. Or if she was just like, you know, forget it. Like, I'm 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 over it. I'm about to, you know, saying we just about to have a good time. She'll play this song. It induces a mood. You know what I'm saying? The vibrations push you on a different vibration. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I think in this way, when we do music and with the intentionality, the intentionality that, that we that we use to approach music and play our music, perhaps like it's a thing that we could use as a ladder to lift us up there and connect us, you know, saying closer to the source, closer to God, you know? That's great. I, I love that idea of blending that, that metaphor, that idea of the medicine cabinet. No, I could dig that, man. And I, and I dig, I mean, come on, but, but how are we coming through with that niceness? You feel me? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I love it because, because it's all about that collaborative thing too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's a, a lot of that coming together, you know what I'm saying? There are people that, that behind us come from all, all, all sections, you know what I'm saying? That's right. Chris, this has been, this has been so great. I, you know, like I said, I think you, you're, you provide such a service to humanity through your art and your music and just being who you are and, and, and being that ambassador, you know, for, for our city, for our country, for uh, just, just yourself. I think you're a great spirit and I'm, I'm happy to be, you know, in community with you in this world that we live in. Oh man, thank you so much, man. Thank you for reaching out and stuff. And you know, saying have a good rest of the evening. Likewise. Thanks for making the climb with me this week on Soul Ladder Music. You can hear more from Christiles Bacon at Christiles.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-L-E-Z.com. And if you want to listen to more of our conversation, be sure to check out the podcast version of our show on your player of choice, where we have even more stories that couldn't fit into this broadcast. In that segment, Chris and I explore the meaning behind his signature fashion style. As always, I'll have links to all the songs in this episode on our show notes. And check out the Soul Ladder Music playlist on Spotify for a running list of the music played during this series. Thanks to Jeff Philosopher for providing our theme music and to associate producer Aiden Keyes. Keep tuning in to WOWD 94.3 FM, Tacoma Radio, for great music and programs seven days a week, streaming online at tacomaradio.org.